0: not druids Uh um, he said druids droids
1: either one neither one is welcome in there. no druids no droids
0: <laughs> that'd be an awesome sign to see somewhere no
1: druids no droids <laughs> uh, i think where you're gonna see it is airbrushed on the side of my vehicle from now on
0: Welcome, welcome. Welcome, nerds and nerdettes. Welcome, obscurios of all shapes and flavors. You're listening to the the Nerd Nerd Obscurial
1: Podcast. Podcast. Hi, I'm Eric. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you via satellite, live from the scene, it's the Oklahoma Kid. Good evening, folks. Good evening, Eric. Oklahoma Kid here, live from the scene.
0: So, um, uh, we're at the end of the third season, people. Uh We made it. This is our last entry into channel surfing in a galaxy far, far away really messed with my timing here with the whole song I'm really I'm trying to like <laughs> fight my way
1: back to where I was and what I, I was gonna do <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about feeding nerd obscurials. that's that's I think usually where you're that's
0: here. usually where we're going to I think that was that was the next place I was gonna try to go to so
1: but I, I threw you with some with some little bit of the great white way well, I I
0: always feel weird because I don't want it to be a lot. Maybe we just need to make it that way. Well, I, don't, I, I don't That's know. not going to be in there. You I'm didn't know what I was going to say. I was going to say, I don't want it to be going straight from the, um, you know, memorized line that I have about Hi, I'm Eric and go immediately to how do you feed the obscurial? Like, I do feel like, you know, there needs to be breadth and room to be able to talk about other stuff. You but, you know, also, maybe we should just not fight it. And I actually got one if you want me to begin. It's
1: up to you. Mine's not super exciting.
0: Yeah. You have one, Pat, though, or do you need time to think?
1: No, I mean I know what it would be. Yeah. Uh... No, let's hear it. The Ms. Oklahoma found mm. a uh, used a bookstore, a uh, fat volume of uh, annotated HP Lovecraft. Oh, cool! With an introduction by Alan Moore, author of The Watchmen. So it's cool. How?
0: Is, like, with his legacy, like, is it a little bit Cosby-esque? Is it a little bit like, uh you should, you need to separate the art from the person because he has some pretty vile things about him, or it's... is it just, is it a far enough back time where it's really not even, like, I know this is part of his history, like, with Dante, like, I know he's fucking doing pedophilia with Beatrice, but, you know, this is an establishing um... I'm going to look at the art. For me, Lovecraft, there's a similar predicament with, like, Wilson, because I actually really, like, respect him. He's an amazing mind. But, like, then after that introduction, the more and more I got to understand about him, you know, is more and more it's like, ooh. Wilson? <laughs> Woodrow Wilson. Wilson. Woodrow Wilson, the president. Woodrow Wilson, the president. Right, yeah. right. Like, like, I think that in my argument, that there's a possibility we live in a world without World War II if the League of Nations actually would have been adopted by the Americans. Like, Mm -hmm. we're the ones that totally fucked the whole pooch on that one. Yeah. And I think that Wilson was a very genius level person and had all these policy things and all these he he was he was a democrat he was on the left he had these things that he was pushing Mm -hmm. about progressivism that was ahead of its time basically the UN replaced what the League of Nations was as a thought you know exactly really fucked up shit (laughs) like the more and more you read the more and more you get to understand like openly fucking giving big hugs to grand wizards of the KKK and Like, just throwing out end bombs and just, like, really, really disgusting shit. And it's, like, hard to reconcile and yeah you just kind of kind of it's it's a little bit different because he was dictating policy too this you can basically be like okay well yeah he's got with lovecraft i mean he's got these disgusting views but you know he doesn't hold any real power you know he, he's maybe throwing in these little suggestions underneath that are really kind of devious if you will but it's not um directly affecting policy at least yeah you know also kind of like on point with the time as well as another thing with Lovecraft is like, yeah, most white people were super racist. <laughs> like, I was just thinking, though, interesting with the time frame that early 20th century at least, right? Yeah. Is there a lot of lit theory stuff on him and Semitism? Is he Jewish? I
1: don't no, think he's no, Jewish. No, he's anti-Semitic.
0: Yeah. He's very, very anti-Semitic he at yeah. the time, right. But just uh, put that aside. <laughs> the way he <coughs> crafted uh, horror, and I talk and I heard uh, Jordan Peele talk about this with horror as well. Right. I think really Lovecraft is the one to really center it. It's the unknown that's the scariest. You don't show the face of the monster at yeah. the beginning. You know, if you do a little quick reveal at the end, is for catharsis. But like that being faceless is the big thing. And what I was thinking about was, I've said this before, I think that um, us as a success as a species is not in our answers, but our questions. But our questions themselves become their own prisons. The unknown, that idea, of, like you can keep questioning. Okay, well, okay, like because we want to seek patterns. You know, it's 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 going towards the code of what makes us human. Right. Like we want to seek those patterns, but then some patterns just don't make sense, and then we get into that rabbit hole and frantically try to figure out because we need everything to make sense. That's what makes us feel safe. That's what fucking everything is hinging on. Yes. And then that panic mode. That's really what it's focusing on. But it's using that tool to get to that panic mode of like, okay, we. don't know the answer we're fucked like we we, and uh of course a lot of catharsis there but like lovecraft in my mind he really honed in on that emotion that feeling that like we don't know what the fuck's going on you don't understand everything's going to fall down because we don't get it right now like we're fucked it is interesting that that really picks up traction though in the 20th century it does feel like a 20th century phenomenon and it is interesting Like, even if there wasn't nuclear proliferation at that point, Mm -hmm. there was still, like, mustard gas. There was still, like, even in your home, you're not fucking safe. And I think that's really the turn for mankind and humanity. Like, there was always, within medieval times and stuff like that, like, whatever it was, like, your home, you're safe. Like, if you're home, there isn't a plane that's going to come over and drop a bomb on you. Like, you're still, like, you're safe. You have this little corner of existence where nothing can fucking touch you and then suddenly you didn't well we will just go along with it but actually i do just i this is a really definitely quick one i don't have much to pontificate about it but it was something that i experienced today and i had this feeling and and there's some some depth to it and some twists and turns if you will but of me knowing just the whole situation it was just that like it was in the kitchen, you know, kitchens typically now have all these electrical units that are a GFI and they have the, you know, two buttons on there to reset yeah, it to make the, sure the, the you plugs, don't
1: have a... Yeah, the yeah the, the, the GFI all, yeah. Plugs.
0: Yeah, There was my wife rolls up to me and says like oh the the, the refrigerator is not working she's like in a panic mode she's already like you know looking up how what new refrigerators cost and all that kind of stuff and then i notice, when wait, we the microwave ain't working either so okay it's this whole fucking wall here and then we start playing with the gfi plugs and i go to the main panel and see that it, you breaker. know the breaker is halfway there so i turn it all the way off and all the way on we got running power again and it's just something that like, I'm, I'm trying to be a better DIYer, homeowner, fixer kind of fucking thing. Just, you, I call it the man card. You know, like the wife comes to you, it's like, okay, here's your man card. It's, I'm also very attuned to the fact of like, when you don't have an easy, quick thing like that, that like most guys would be like, okay, yeah, that's the simple thing to do. That's what you're supposed to do. And it's, that's the solution. When it's like something bigger than that as a solution, like you definitely feel like, oh, like I should get my man card. Re- Invoked. I didn't fix the thing and the thing is we wrong to, and I had one job.
1: <laughs> we, had one job but we still had to call a real plumber.
0: Yeah, you still had to spend money. That's the, also the like but
1: being yeah, you had to pay old, someone. especially
0: like a dad now and that kind of stuff. Is was like, oh feeling so good. Didn't have to pay someone to come out and deal with that. Some other little schmuck. I'm sure they would have done it but I'm smart. I get things and I knew the right fucking order of stuff, you know. It's hard for me to like feed the obscure is a, is a wrong maybe phrase for it, but I've always made that as a broad things. So I've talked about cooking, I've talked about working on vehicles and all that kind of stuff on here, but like knowing your own home well enough to fix something that goes wrong on it and just to have it be a simple thing, especially not to have it be like a whole big ordeal because also we're trying to get our roof done and like, I'm not gonna do that. Like, I, I feel part like of my man card being revoked on that, like i i feel like oh, i'm a man i should be able to do that i'm dad you know like that that uh maleness that that masculinity being tugged at a little bit but like you got to get someone to do that you can't do that yourself but i guess this will be my defense of why it should be part of the nerd obscurio i guess it also that shit interests me enough and that's the nerdy part of it let's take a moment and we'll be back soon soup song Welcome back. Last lightning round, the entire lightning round was based off of Destiny. So this one is all based off of Destiny's Child. Yeah, like I said, might be going too hard. Uh, Yeah, we're going to do a deep dive into Destiny's Child and um, see how how it goes. Let's
1: Let's see if I can get
0: one. Okay, the first one is called, you know, the other one. Much like the three tenors, Destiny's Child's third member is often forgotten due to the popularity of Beyonce and Kelly Rowland. What is her name? Mika Wilson. Or Michelle
1: Williams? Michelle Williams. Correct. She has the same name as the actress.
0: Jay My Name. On their fourth and last studio album, Destiny Fulfilled, Jay-Z received a writing credit on what song? Lose My Breath or Soldier? Lose My Breath. Correct. Okay, so this is a fun one because um, last time I did Halo a la... Harry Belafonte. And now I have one that is a Simon and Garfunkel that has to be sung. All right. Parsley, sage, rosemary, girl's time. In 1992, Knowles and Roland, both age 12 at the time, began their career in a six-member hip-hop dance and rapping group named Girl's Time who made their national TV debut on what show? Showtime at the Apollo or Star
1: Search? Just for my own safety, I'm going to say Star Search.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is the correct answer. And for those who want to take the time, look up Girls Time Star Search and seen Ed Helms say hip hop. <laughs> dance or dance rapping yeah, hip hop dance and rapping is pretty amazing <laughs> and they lost by the way <sighs> yeah okay so this was actually a- pretty fun too all the Destiny child stuff and you're batting a, a thousand so far oh, yeah. so i'm gonna have to start just try to stop you here there's some interesting stuff within all this history taking this deep dive to me was worth it so all even right. if you hit them all and you just blow me out of the water with this it was fun researching this stuff number four trl Total Rejection Live. Original members Latavia Robertson and Latoya Luckett discovered they were out of Destiny's Child and replaced by Michelle Williams and Farrah Franklin, even though their vocal tracks remained. Only when the music video to what song premiered on MTV? Say My Name or Bills? Bills, Bills. Bills, Bills, Bills. Say My Name.
1: I Finally that, got one I out I of it. I thought you. that would have been later.
0: Number five, Fleetwood Mac Daddy. Destiny's Child 2002 hit, Bootylicious, included a sample from what Stevie Nicks hit? Edge of 17 or Stop Dragging My Heart Around? Edge of
1: 17. Correct.
0: So, four or five so far, yep. I'm going very strong. Didn't know he knew this much about Destiny's Child. Hey, Beyonce. Last question. Top of the Pops. Destiny's Child had four Billboard number one hits. Three have already been mentioned. Say My Name, Bills, 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 and Bootylicious. What was the fourth? Independent Women Part One or Survivor? Survivor. Incorrect.
1: Ah, I second guessed myself out of that one.
0: Yeah, so I gotta go
1: five Five, in R to win. To win, yes. Question one. As always, we start things off with the category of Spock said to lock down Dr. Jock's Rock Sherlock. I have a list of quotes. They come from sources, including Star Trek's Mr. Spock, philosopher John Locke, comedian Chris Rock actor Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Jim Henson television series Fraggle Rock, the movie The Rock starring Nicolas Cage, can't cage the rage, the character of Sherlock Holmes as played by Benedict Cumberbatch in the series Sherlock, oceanic explorer Jacques Cousteau, or the long-running BBC sci-fi series Doctor Who, and this would be from the ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston, on. I'm going to give you two of these possible sources, so I'll narrow it down for you. You have to tell me which of these two is the source of the quote. So here we go. This one is either a quote from Sherlock, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, or Doctor Who. I'm not anti-social, I'm anti-idiot.
0: I could definitely see Tennant saying it, but I feel like it's a
1: Sherlock quote. Correct, that is from Sherlock, also starring Martin Freeman. Question Question two. This is in the ring or on the range. Uh, as with the rest of these categories, I'm going to give you a name. In this case, this name belongs to either a Old West cowboy or a professional wrestler. And that is the, to be clear, the ring name or or performing name of the wrestler. So in this case, The Rock would qualify. Dwayne Johnson would not. So for the point, is this a cowboy or a wrestler? Texas Jack Reed. Cowboy. Correct. Question next category is Hippogriff or Honky Gringo. In this case, the name here is either going to apply to a species of magical beast, as described in the creative works of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, or it is a slang term for a demographic of white people. And to be clear, the slang term does not necessarily have to be derogatory, and it also does not necessarily have to be used by non-white people exclusively. For the point, Clabbert. C-L-A-B-B-E-R-T. Clabbert. White people. No.
0: God. I can only miss one more.
1: It is a monkey-typed animal with pustules on its head that glow whenever muggles come close. So they are a popular pet amongst North American wizards because they, they help alert them to the muggle presence. It was right. because it
0: so sounded like one that I thought you were going to do a misdirect. <laughs>
1: yeah. This category is Teenage Mutant Gnarly Thrashers, and this is going to be a this, that, or both category. This name could be a character from Marvel Comics, particularly X-Men Comics, who possesses the X-Gene and thus has mutant powers, or it could be a metal band of some sort, Uh, any various subgenre of metal was fair game, and as I said, it could also be both, and just to be clear, for the band to qualify, because just about anything has been some person's band's name, at some point some Somewhere. this had to be a band that had some sort of presence uh, They had to have albums out or, or tours, shows being played They couldn't just be someone throwing a random song up on SoundCloud They had to be a little more substantial than that So, this week your question is Nocturne Can you get a spelling? N-O-C-T-U-R-N-E So the, the regular dictionary spelling Nocturne Like nocturnal
0: I'm gonna regret not doing both, but I'm pretty sure it's a metal band.
1: No. It is a mutant. Nocturne is... A alternate dimension future, so so she's from the future of an alternate dimension where Wanda Maximoff and Nightcrawler have had a child, and it's her. She has all his powers and his appearance, uh, except for the teleporting, but does have her some of her magic powers. So she's all blue with the tail and the stuff, but she also has some Feels of his. She's like
0: cars. a goth death metal band named. North not North that
1: North. I found. Not. No, not I'm not. I not it. I'm
0: not doubting your your researcher. So the best I can do is tie at this point
1: so yes the best you can do is tie question five up next is Horseplay Wiki Edition. So, in this category the name will either be of a racehorse or a Broadway play. But, again, much like the metal bands, both of those could be pretty wide open categories of uh, all kinds of things being in there uh, over the course of time. So, to narrow it down a little bit, make it a little more fair, this is the Wiki Edition. So, Wikipedia has a list of notable racehorses. So, if it's a horse, it will be drawn from that list. And keep in mind, it could be notable for being good for being bad or for some sort of historical context that has nothing to do with the horse's performance and if it's a play it is coming from the wikipedia list of longest or shortest running broadway plays so is this a horse or a play this one is eight bells eight like the number bells with an e so like you are correct that is a racehorse Six. And of course, we bring it home with anime or may not All you gotta do is tell me Is this name the real title of a anime movie or TV series? Or is it just some crazy gibberish I made the fuck up? Here we go Melody of Oblivion Not medley, but melody 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 M-E-L-O-D-Y, M-E-L-O-D-Y. Of, Oblivion. of Oblivion Anime It's a tie. That is, in fact, a real anime.
0: Do you want to have a tiebreaker?
1: All right. Well, how about this? For the tiebreaker question.
0: I have a tiebreaker question. Okay. Go for it. What we both do, it'll be sudden death. Beyonce's dad, after the girl's time failure, when they lost Star Search, he decided to quit his job to focus on his daughter's career. What job did he quit was it working in the medical facility of xerox or was it working as an upper management of blockbuster blockbuster who's xerox
1: xerox i'm going to give you a little preview of an upcoming category we're coming we're coming close we're getting we're inching close to an end for old in the ring be replaced with a category called a marvis, Marvelously United Justice League of Nations. This is going to be the name of it this is going to be a geographical name. You have to tell me whether it's a real country identified by the UN or not. For your edification, if it helps you decide. Yeah, what does
0: this for not mean? Is it like is this superhero stuff? Is this
1: Here's Wars to tell War stuff? you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. All you have to all you have to do to answer is is it a real country or not? If it's not real, all the fake names on this, in this cat to be used in this category are taken from Marvel or DC superhero comics.
0: Okay, that helps. Thank you.
1: But you don't have to identify anything about the Marvel. You, just, no, have to no, no. you just have to say,
0: is this Marvel or DC, or is this real? Yes. That that helps a lot, though. That it's not like this can be harry potter or this can be game of thrones or this could be you know like the the fact that those two are synthesized down helps a lot thank you
1: vanuatu v-a-n-u-a-t-u vanuatu when you said this
0: it's supposed to be a country
1: no it's it's a country it's not like a state
0: it's not a province it's not a city this is a country
1: as recognized by the U.N., okay. or it's the name from comics okay. of, a, of a geographical... The, a geographical
0: for, location, that can be disputed, but this has to be a country
1: for it that's to be recognized then, by the U.N. It's, if it's real, if it's not from the comics, it is uh, recognized by the U.N. It is a member state.
0: I'm saying that's comics.
1: No. Vanuatu is an island chain off the that's uh, close to Fiji.
0: So I, let's just keep the tie. All and, right. Um, We'll take a moment we will get to master of this domain. Soup's on, people. Soup's on. Welcome back. Let's get into the finale. Actually, Oklahoma's very excited. If you could see the joy on his face, if this was video, you would know very well he's very excited on how, how all of this is gonna end. So take her away.
1: So master of this domain, I went looking for crazy, uh, website names, domain names, if you will, or URLs, uh, to get, to get techie with it. That's what the kids say.
0: <laughs> techie with it. Nah, 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 nah,
1: nah, <laughs> uh, www.what have yous, if you will. But suffice it to say, I went looking for, uh, w- funny named websites and I did not find them. So we're going to talk about what should be there. So this season we had a theme and we started everything off with some honky motherfuckers, and we went a lot of places with honkies, and now we're gonna bring it to the only place you can, the only place you should, the only place you need, because we're finishing things off with honky-tonk, motherfucker.
0: Honky-tonk, motherfucker... Where I naturally want to go with it, as one whose music could at times be described as honky tonk, like I want to go like Ken Burns jazz motherfucker, like getting into getting to Hank Williams Senior. That's a honky tonk motherfucker right there. He's honky tonk as it comes. Like honky tonk for me, because of my musical influences. Honky tonk is not pejorative at all. Like honky tonk motherfucker, that is uh, we're doing some. Fun cool ass music like we are deep diving into some really awesome honky tonk artists and honky tonk music is like i said is a a big influence on me and um yeah all, all i see right there is like a deep dive documentary on some really underplayed you know like who would i have on honky tonk motherfuckers Obviously, like I said, Hank Sr. has got to be like fucking, you know, patient zero. You want the kind of like lead belly motherfuckers. You don't want the like, you know, guys who really made it. It's difficult to know where we should be at this of, you know, an artist that considers himself. I'm I'm, (laughs) me personally. I feel I'm a little bit hoggy dog. So we are going to have to deal with the new generation. People born, uh, what was that, 2000s? So someone who was born by the 90s would know that there was a hit country song called Honky Tonk Badonkadonk. And that's going to have to be addressed. I'm not happy about it. I fucking hate it. But that's going to have to be addressed because there's going to be people there for that and that interpretation of Honky Tonk. I
1: don't know that that song is Honky Tonk. It's country. It is not. But it is not Hong Kong. It's
0: barely country. fucking country. That's, like, like, that's not true country, like that. I was already wavering on what country is in like 90s Brooks and Dunn, Garth Brooks era. But by the time you get to there, I'm fucking, this is not country. Like I, I'm already out.
1: Most, most stuff that is country, is just pop music with slide guitar and a little bit of a southern accent
0: it's about what they're talking about it's like if you're talking about fucking the mall and other shit like that it's pop music if you're talking about tire swings and drinking beers it's fucking country it's all that's the only difference so true honky tonks true honky tonk artists it's hard because he's so iconic i don't know if johnny cash really fits there either You got your folks, like, your Marty Robbins. You got your Loretta Lynn. She's just passed, by the way.
1: As did Coolio to timestamp it. Patsy Cline. Uh, she's been dead a while.
0: No, but she's pretty honky-tonk.
1: Yeah. This is just, like, classic
0: country. This is actually, like... It's hard for me also to say honky-tonk because it's like... No, this is just, like, classic country and really good music.
1: Yeah, there is a certain fine line. There. Um, Well, because you do have that situation of, like... All ales are beers, not all beers are ales, you know? All honky tonk is country, not all country is honky tonk. Yeah, for sure. So it's kind of like There is a fine line There's a lot of great people Where you kind of be like Oh they had this song Or that song Or maybe But it's like But at a certain point You gotta be like But are they just more country Or are they actually honky-tonk
0: Exactly And so people like Patsy Cline And even Marty Robbins For that matter They're more Beer than ale If that's how If I'm understanding Yeah they're country But they're not necessarily
1: Honky-tonk They might have had A few honky-tonk songs But that's not their Main modus operandi
0: What's real honky-tonk
1: then? Honky Tonk has got a certain swagger and swing to it, a kind of movement a bit to it, even when it's a slow song. It's got, it's almost got a loping feel. Like Honky Tonk, uh, country is like a train. Honky Tonk's like riding a horse kind of thing. If, if country, are apt
0: images, if country
1: is blues, if country is the blues, Honky Tonk is jazz.
0: Interesting. I would actually argue if Honky Tonk is blues, than country's rock and roll. I'd actually argue that they're more backwards. Like, honky-tonk is more like hillbilly shit. That that's the fucking, like, country is the more sophisticated, more palatable, more like, oh, you can listen to this stuff
1: Well I it in terms of like the encompassing thing It's like For me, there's a lot of the... loose edges Around where exactly something Falls into country and where it doesn't And where in country it falls But it's like honky tonk is more like down Towards the core where it's just like Okay but if you're honky tonk you're, you're way in here There's no question
0: I, I think there is a class thing there I'm sorry I think that there is like Country music is dressed up Country music is the the one that's going to be socially acceptable by everybody. Whereas honky tonk, these are just a bunch of fucking hillbilly redneck, like a bunch of um, impoverished people who are trying to make their voice heard. A bunch of people who have been fucked by the entire system. It's there, there's a an element of class there, I think for sure. And I think there's an element uh, within honky tonk of. Uh, not being accepted by the norm and knowing they're never going to be accepted by the norm and being okay with that.
1: I was just making the comparison of country can be like the blues because you can have a lot of things that border, you know, you can have like, it's like blues country. It's like, it's blues rock. It's, you know, this, there's a lot of territory there and a lot of shifting along the edges Whereas like no one's gonna you could you could have a song and you could have people be like well is that is that a rock song or is that a blues song you know you could have have a song where it's like well is that a country song or is that a blues song you know and you could have a song where it's like is that a jazz song or is that a blues song but you're not gonna have sure. like is that a jazz song or is that a country song like jazz is like the only thing you're ever gonna be like maybe it's not jazz maybe it's this is blues like there's no confusing it with other yeah. blues blues is Italy jazz is Vatican City. It is wholly encompassed inside the blues. It does not share a border with other things. Blues shares borders with other things. The This ocean, that ocean, the Mediterranean, the Adriatic. The, it's got the border up here with Switzerland and, and uh, who else? Such Greece, I think. This, I can't remember. Who all has, has a border? Vatican City just shares borders with Italy. I kind of feel like there's a similar thing with Honky Tonk and with Jazz. Okay. Like, Jazz only really shares a border with Blues. Right. But Blues has lots of borders. Country, same thing. You can have country rock and country folk and this kind of... But it's like honky-tonk is the city-state that exists inside Inside country. country.
0: I get that. I get that.
1: I did have
0: this thought, though. We're focusing so much on the music thing. But like I was reading off the wiki, the bar thing is a big part of it. Yeah. And so we could be, especially with the connotation of honky-tonk motherfucker we could really be focusing on the fact of just some bar motherfuckers. Just like some honky tonk, and I'm sorry, you can't say bar motherfuckers and say honky tonk motherfuckers and not talking about white people. We're doing like episodes of cops with the the guys with the shirts off and the mullets and wa- running around, right. running away from the cops. Okay. I'm just saying, you know, like, this is what we're really talking about with honky tonk motherfucker when it comes to if we're ta- focusing on the bar thing.
1: I would also, again, have to argue you a little... On the bar thing
0: What a surprise
1: Yeah I think When I think honky tonk Motherfucker In terms of like A honky tonk bar Nah I'm not really Thinking like the yokels I'm not really thinking Like the guys on Like you said Shirts off Mullets Being being crazy I'm thinking of like Bad Ass Motherfuckers Like You say a honky tonk Motherfucker And this you like Yeah you go to this bar And you're gonna meet This honky tonk Motherfucker I'm picturing like A dude who is Hard I'm picturing someone who's like drinks rattlesnake venom you know in his whiskey you know I'm talking about someone who's like just fucking you were talking earlier about the man card thing like a honky tonk motherfucker to me that's like that is like you are the platinum level member of having your man card if you're a honky tonk motherfucker like you do not fuck with a honky tonk motherfucker that dude he has seen some shit he knows shit he is like there
0: has to be that element it's like you can't just be hard Like, you gotta be hit. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, There is, yeah. To be be a honky-tonk, you have to be a hard hick. You gotta be
0: country as shit. You know what I mean?
1: It's, yeah, I picture it where it's, like, being a honky-tonk motherfucker, to me, would be, like, the opposite of, like, you go to this this city, you know, when you go to, like, the tough neighborhood, and, like, someone, you're like, who's the toughest motherfucker in this blo- on this block? And they're like, this guy. This dude is a bad motherfucker. Like, he's the one you don't fuck with. Like, that dude, it's the country version of that. It's the white country. I'm not gonna go that far. I don't, I don't know enough southern black people to say how much they partake in a, in a, in a country. I was actually
0: thinking of Hispanics, but you can go black. Oh,
1: I would to. I would include Hispanics as well. I think you could have a honky tonk motherfucker who's Hispanic. Interesting. Go to like Texas and there's some some dude there who's just like I he's a the, real gaucho. A- you have a Hispanic person. They're a rancher. They're a fucking caballero. They fucking wear spurs and actually need to wear them. You know, like not just for show. They're fucking hardcore. Yeah. The idea of the hard living, hard drinking, tough as fucking nails, badass guy. I see no reason to exclude anybody. I even if like the that's... other people, even if other people would choose to exclude, I'm not gonna. I, I see no reason to do that. Now, what if you combine the two aspects? Hear me out. It's a website that's all about a honky tonk motherfucker. And it's got like all this crazy. It's, just imagine this dude having living a, a life story that's like fucking every goddamn you the know most
0: Paul, interesting
1: man. In the yeah, world. fucking Paul Bunyan and 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 uh, Pecos Bill, fucking legend, and all all those kind of crazy shit. Like this guy's got stories like that. Where oh, yeah, nice you're like pole. this one time, like
0: huh? Nice pole, Pecos Bill. Yeah. It's a nice pole.
1: You know, this is like this is like some one time Chuck Norris did some shit. Like this tall is tale. The, yeah, this dude has lived a tall tale life, and it's this whole site that just catalogs this crazy, crazy life and his honky-tonk music. It's fictional If it, theoretically Like say you and I Were making this website It would be like We would We make, got
0: an excuse To make honky tonk music We
1: would make <laughs> We would make This honky tonk music But the website Would have this whole thing Where the honky tonk music Like it would be One of those Kind of f- fake out things Like or like Kind of the conceit things Where it's at, Where people have that Like it's a cheesy example But like the whole thing Of Jack Those white stripes Being married Or being brother and sister right. You know that's This whole kind of thing You'd have this whole thing Where we'd have this music That we'd made New music the honky-tonk original music and it would be presented through this website as something we found like old reel-to-reel tapes that we found and like a whole and then went and researched and found all these stories about this like legend this hidden legend you know who went undiscovered who like kind of vanished from history and went undiscovered for so long and we've we're uncovering this amazing like holy shit like this guy you know was honky-tonk why motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker.
0: Huh? yeah why include motherfucker
1: because as part of the thing would be we found these recordings and then so we were like we gotta find out who did these recordings so we go to find out and we go to the you know and we start researching and we have to go real deep and what we discover is this like crazy amount of tall tales that like we never quite get, are able to get exactly to the truth of who this guy really was but there's all these stories about how he was one honky tonk motherfucker like all the crazy tough outlandish you know shit he did as a bad while well, he was traveling the country playing honky-tonk music and, like, never getting really discovered, discovered. So it's this whole thing where we're unearthing this story about this and finding all these tall tales. It wouldn't just be like, oh, here's us doing some honky-tonk music. It'd be building this whole world of this honky-tonk motherfucker. Like, the ultimate, he'd be the err honky-tonk, you know? It would be like we found the proto-honky-tonk guy who sets the mold for everything. So this website would present this as a real Person, so it would be the story of this one guy, and it would be the idea that we found these long lost recordings from like way back at the start of honky tonk music. Like this guy is like the prototype of honky tonk music, but it's really just us. It's just a fake story, you know, like how Daft Daft Punk wears the helmets, so you never see their faces. It'd be that kind of thing, like or the Gorillas, you know, where it's that whole anime. They play behind the screen with the animations and everything, and that's that's the band. The band is, but it's really Damon Albarn and and a bunch of other people. Front
0: in front of it, as the, whatever music we're making, there's this front of
1: this Pecos Bill, John Henry, you know, Johnny Appleseed, legendary motherfucker who crisscrossed the country playing the early in the early days of honky tonk music, doing all this crazy legendary shit.
0: And I told you earlier, like, I. I I really like honky-tonk music and I'm all about it and I think we could fucking replicate it very, very well. So yeah, it would just be a question of like trying to find a persona and then I think we could make some music that could knock it out of the park for that. So um, yeah, I fucking... That's the idea, obviously. It's a, it's a front for us to make a fucking band, right? Yeah.
1: That, that's that's personally where I'd go with that's it. Where, that's, that's where all this visibility towards. That's time. where my head all goes. Whole season,
0: <laughs> and like, let's make a front for a band. <laughs> I'll take it. I, I like am. it. I'm not gonna argue. All right. Not gonna argue one bit. So let's take a moment, and then we'll, we'll get to the type five. Soup song, people. So, welcome back. This is Steal This Joke. AKA working on my type five. I guess I'll just get into this one. It's a little bit more observational. I don't know. It may not even be worthy. We may just have to cut all this. It may not work. So I went to the dentist the other day and after the cleaning, my dental hygienist told me there's a lot of inflammation and bleeding on my gums. And she said, you need to do a better job of brushing. You probably have gingivitis. And I don't doubt that I need to do better with my dental hygiene. And it's very probable that I have gingivitis. I just don't like that sticking sharp metal hooks into my mouth is our litmus test, you know what I mean? If you went to a doctor and they were like, okay, I'm going to take this samurai sword, I'm going to put you into a little cave, I'm going to cut your hair, and if your scalp bleeds, that probably means that you're not doing a good enough job washing it, you know? It seems like, oh, maybe just don't use the sharp thing to, to work on me, and maybe I won't bleed. It's not great, it was just something kind of funny I thought of.
1: Yeah, it is It is funny. They're like, let me poke you with this stuff, and then say, yeah. oh, it looks like you're, you're irritated, you're, your gums are irritated. It's like, yeah, you've been poking them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, no matter how good you are at it it's inevitable you're trying to get the entirety of the tooth so you're gonna be hitting those gums a little bit Uh you know yeah. I don't know if the samurai sword and I I like the idea of being in a cave because there's like that's also the mouth like there isn't like a lot of room to move around and you have restrictions with the gums or the Uh, walls of your cheeks and all that kind of stuff you know I wanted to get that image of restricting somehow I wanted something that was really sharp like a samurai sword I don't know if that's the exact image to use but I do like the idea of the, like, victim-blaming (laughs) because you're using this terrible... And I always like, and it may be stolen, but I like talking about dental equipment as like medieval torture implements, (laughs) you know? Like all the crazy hooks and weird sharp things. I didn't know how quite to fit that in phrase-wise. Yeah, I I like the idea of the really sharp stuff, the victim blaming, and like now it's my fault. Now I'm the asshole. I'm not doing a good enough job because you decided to take a sharp instrument and rub it all over my Comes. yeah so there's comedy there somewhere I, I don't know if that's somewhere. the best way to find it but
1: uh, the samurai part needs a little work I get what you're going for but right it takes a minute so.
0: yeah I just I wanted something that's like very sharp and easy to cut you. You know, something that, like... So, Samurai Sword was the first thing I
1: can think of. That would have like, Butcher Knife.
0: Yeah, maybe. I did want something where you have to match the idea of there's supposed to, it is supposed to be a precision implement, and Butcher oh, Knives right, yeah. aren't very precise. Uh-huh. You know? I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't find the exact image. The Samurai Sword was the closest I could come. But maybe you guys can come up with something better maybe you can take the idea it feels a very seinfeldy kind of joke it's very observational very like we all know because we've all had the experience oh i get what you're saying but i don't know if i have the funny with it yet you know what i mean it's i've got the the concept just not really the punchline. getting
1: getting the um the punchline for it is the comparison with the, the samurai sword. So really getting that nailed down is the, right. of the joke. Yeah. So it's like, if you can come up with like exactly the right way to phrase that. And
0: to get that there. precision there. And like I said, I do think it's important not just like, I'm going to cut your hair with a samurai sword, but like, you have to go into a little cave. Mm-hmm. There has to be a confined area that's like constricting it mm-hmm. to really get the simile with the mouth. Right. You know? And I don't know if the cave is the best way to demonstrate that. The samurai sword and the cave, I think both of those images images could be swapped out for something better yeah but the whole concept of trying to make that simile and then you being blamed for them cutting your scalp mm-hmm. and i thought the hair to teeth and scalp to gums was a good yeah that, that part works yeah right
1: maybe like putting a box over your head or something yeah it's like it's like putting a big box over your head and i'm gonna inside reach inside the box and shave your head with a with something right with a dagger
0: yeah with a dagger, <laughs> with a dagger. <laughs> anyways there it is maybe a little bit of a unclimactic type five but uh we got a lot of show to get to so uh why don't we
1: not directed by lukewarm nice nothing directed by lukewarm is anti-climactic. Sure. The man delivers.
0: He delivers on climaxes. He does. Directed by Luke War. <laughs>
1: Figuratively and
0: literally. Delivers on climaxes. It's, it's like also, yes, the yes, delivery yes. guy showing up like the Amazon guy, <laughs> you know. The script writes itself. Yeah. <laughs> soup on, people. Soup on. So we're back, this is the joint, the half, the agreed upon Originally, Oklahoma, you had this on your list, so I want you to be able to to present the premise because I feel like uh, you have a little bit more ownership over it than me.
1: Uh, yeah, I suggested it, and you were like, why don't we, can we make that the half? And I was like, yeah, sure, that's fine with me. But definitely something I love to see, nature channel.
0: And this is why, you know, we talked in the past about halves are usually like, okay, they're disqualified, this, that, or the other, but this is definitely one where it's like we can both find common ground on this this is this is kind of a no-brainer but also like not stepping on people's toes and like this this is worthy as a um keystone the bridge of all humanity you know what I mean? Like everyone, everyone would love to see
1: Nature Channel
0: Nature Channel of Star, Star Wars Yeah, I mean, So many fascinating
1: little creatures and stuff that like, they fill the screen with where you're just like, oh dude, I want to know more about that
0: So many channels, like so many of this shows, I've already talked on this season in depth of like how fascinated I am by Tauntauns, I don't know why, but dude, having a whole thing about like well, I would say you know, if I had my way everything would be narrated by attenborough but especially with the stuff that went down in book of bubba fett dude i'd love to see a rancor nature show Mm -hmm. as well there would be an awesome show with the underwater stuff from naboo always a bigger fish famous line that uh liam neeson says and uh there's a lot of that underwater stuff that i'm very intrigued by i would love to so yeah total water worlds would be totally fair game how would you picture the mission statement of the channel and whether it should be pushing towards like if you pitch two dollars a day we can save this you know like see cause I don't picture it as Animal Planet I picture it completely as um David Attenborough just watching yeah. wildlife I kind of feel like you don't let it in at all it's just all pure educational but like the thing that's fucking awesome and the reason why like I love watching it and I think a lot of people do is that like you zone in on what's going on in this thing in this place it isn't about politics or donate or do all those kind of things it's just like no this is what's happening for this animal at this species this place at this moment the trials and tribulations of that. And then also it gives us catharsis for the fact that like, you know, we're all dealing with struggles A, but then also B, like how beautiful existence in mother nature is and all that kind of stuff. I just, I just want to find a way to like have the force and some of that explanation, because I feel like it. if you can get it and explain it on the base level of just like nature, and it has to exist in nature, It doesn't work if it doesn't exist in nature. You know what I mean? But if you can get it on that base level, not on the Jedi level or like we're magicians. Where it's like you understand it on that side of it. Of just like a bunch of species just walking through the world trying to make it happen. You just get that baseline. If you can find that baseline, then you could solve the puzzle of the midichlorians we know they have it and then also there's these certain things that have more of them and more concentration and aren't jedis and then there's these things that actually have less concentration but are jedis like could it not be the fact that you have a species that's very fucking rich in the midichlorians but it isn't sentient they're very strong in the forest but they're not smart, so they don't know how to use it. It would be a factor of existence that would maybe be partially accounted for and maybe be kind of interesting to have a show that kind of really accounts for it and really kind of demonstrates over these species. Richard Attenborough would point out if like a certain species was having a higher heart rate than other species. He would point out if like there was some kind of thing that we knew that was a function of nature sure, that was abnormal about them or something special about them, something that would get you clued into why they were the way they were. So the midichlorians would Uh. also be another one of those factors. That would be, for me, like, one of the best shows on that channel. Like, because also, how would it manifest? What species are able to levitate things? What species are able to, like, Jedi mind trick things? What species are... For me, that's what nature is. Nature's about the balance, finding a balance, finding all those kind of things, and, like, trying to not only, uh, trying to justify the balance within, I mean, just personally, I feel like um, while each species is important, what I'm most fascinated by with Mother Nature is the delicate balance between everything and how all of that is affected. So how? this one is affecting that one is the relations between species i fucking whether i've been smoking pot or not i put on some fucking attenborough i put on some nature and it like calms you it like you just get this thing where it's like especially when the cinematography's done really really well and like the it, it looks beautiful it's like so much more enjoyable than even scripted TV or anything. Even when they're trying to take you through a journey, because like there's a difference between someone trying to take you on a journey and you following a journey in nature channels. I feel like you're following a journey. You are getting invested in what that squid is doing. You're getting invested on what that gazelle is doing. Like they're doing their own thing. You are following them along because you're intrigued by what's happening. Well, I think we've explored quite a bit of this. Um, I don't know if there's anything I have to add. Why don't we uh, take a moment and then we will get to our shared outro?
1: Yeah, we'll have to figure out what that
0: is. There you go. Yeah. Soup song.
1: And I keep the pussy on blast. So put em on the glass You know lukewarm be up in that ass Boom, boom, boom. We drink all day, we're gonna fuck all night. You know, Luke won't be keeping it tight. It's like Snoop said, bitches getting it on. And they ain't leaving till the break of dawn. So, what we got, two tickets to the fuck circus. So, what we got, two tickets to the fuck circus. What well, we got, two tickets to the fuck circus. One for me, and one for your mom. A little bit of the soft shoot. One for me and one for your mom. Jazz. Hey, folks. Oklahoma here again. The Troubadour is off prepping, getting ready for our shared outro you're about to hear from our tie of the lightning round earlier. So while he's getting ready, let me say on his behalf, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you'll choose to join us again here at the Nerd Obscurial podcast. Of course, before we go anywhere, we do have to read you the fine print. So saith the cats and Cthulhu. The Nerd Obscureal Podcast is a Gadzooks and Nerd production. That's Gadzooks, G A D Z O O K S. Find us on the web at gadzooksandnerd slash meow. Yes, meow, M E O W. If you like the music, you can find more at gadzooks slash fields. So that's fields, F I E L D S. The Nerd Obscureal Podcast and its contents are, except for the steal this joke joke, the wholly owned and copyrighted property of Gadzooks and Nerd. So don't go stealing any of it, except of course for the steal this joke joke, or we'll. Have sick big pretzel on you any works products concepts or otherwise intellectual property not owned by gadzooks and nerd mentioned or discussed in the nerd Obscurial podcast are done so under fair use for the purposes of commentary critique and obviously comedy so please don't sue us because we can't actually sick big pretzel on anyone the views' ideas opinions and beliefs expressed in the nerd Obscural podcast are solely those of its creator and your esteemed host Eric the troubadour and do not represent the views opinions or beliefs of any individual or entity named or referenced or alluded to in this podcast including but not limited to both Michelle Williams the same I the actress, Leonard Nimoy, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and its parent companies, the Buggles, me, the Oklahoma Kid, the League of Nations and its parent companies, Patsy Cline, David Attenborough, my wife and her parent companies, the great state of Oklahoma, and of course, all cats everywhere on the internet, hail Cthulhu. Jazz. And now, as we did tie the lightning round, the troubadour and I decided we should, we will share the outro. So each of us is kind of choosing something to do, and we're putting those two together. And Eric chose to play some music, and chose that I would do some spoken word over that. Now, to fit with the various ground rules and restrictions, he laid out, I have decided to read from William Carlos Williams, the poem titled, The Farmer. Looks like the troubadour's ready. Enjoy. The Farmer, by William Carlos Williams. The farmer in deep thought is pacing through the rain among his blank field with hands in pockets, in his head the harvest already planted. A cold wind ruffles the water among the brown weeds, on all sides the world rolls coldly away, black orchards, darkened by the March clouds, leaving room for thought. Down past the brushwood, bristling by the rain-sluiced wagon road, loomed the artist figure of the farmer, composing Antagonist. Thank you, and good night.